because that's a special time. You know, every time you start a new year, you think about, so what do I want to be different this year? What is it that I really want to focus on this year? Now, I'm not one of those who's big on making resolutions. Now, you may have made a hundred of them, but the truth is, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just not good at it. Yeah, I'm one of those folks who can't say, you know, from this point on, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to do whatever. But I know every year it feels as though this is another chance. This is a chance to do some things well. This is a chance to set aside some of the mistakes of yesterday and to think about the ways I'm going to get it right next year. And we've been hearing a lot about that. If you've been watching the news recently, then you've heard all kinds of folks trying to decide what is 2024 going to be like. In fact, as I've watched the news and listened to the radio over this last couple of weeks, I couldn't help but think about the Old Testament prophets. Thought about them because you remember there's a rule for prophecy in the Old Testament. Do you remember what that rule is? The rule goes something like this. Be prophetic if you want to, but if you get it wrong, you die. That's pretty bad, isn't it? If you get it wrong, if you give false prophecy, then you'll be put to death because obviously you have spoken, and in those days you have spoken in the Lord's name, and you've gotten it wrong, and you die. I was thinking about that because I was thinking as I watched television, we have some people who think things are going to turn out this way. It's going to be such a great year. Can't wait for all the things that are going to happen. By the end of this year, we're all going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And then we've got other folks on the other side, and they're saying by the end of this year, everything's going to fall apart. It's going to be such a mess that you can't imagine what it's going to be like. Somebody's wrong. What does that mean? So many voices speaking so confidently about the future. And some of the predictions are positive. Many of them can only be categorized as very, very negative, very, very gloom and doom. The truth is, not one of us knows what 2024 is going to bring. As I was listening to some of the folks on TV the other day, and they were making their predictions about what, the next year is going to bring and they sounded so positive whatever their perspective may be I thought to myself you know the question that we don't seem to ask is what happened this past year and you never saw it coming what happened this past year and it changed everything in your personal life for your family in our church, in our nation. What happened this past year? And you never saw it coming. I was thinking about that because this time last year, I wasn't here. I wasn't preaching for you on this first Sunday in January because I was with a group of folks that had gone to Israel and we were exploring the Holy Land together. And we had a great time, a wonderful experience. It could not have been better And we came back home, and I'll be honest with you, if you had asked me, so what about that trip? I'm a little worried about that trip. I've always wanted to make that trip, but, you know, that's such a dangerous part of the world. This is what I would have said to you. 
You go ahead and make your plans, and you go ahead and go on that trip. I can promise you this. There won't be a single moment while you're in the Holy Land when you will not feel safe. Now, that's what I would have said last year. This year, what do you think I would say? Boy, in light of what's happened over the last few months, I'm telling you, I don't know if I'll ever go back. I don't know if it'll ever be safe to go again. I surely wouldn't go anytime in the next year. The truth is, none of us know what may be coming. Because of that, we need to ask some questions to ourselves. What's, going to be, what's it going to be like? Are we going to be able to go to the grocery store and buy whatever we want? Is there some new strain of disease that's right around the corner? Are robots about to take over the world? What's going to happen next year in your job, in your home, in your family, in your finances? Could it be that by this time next year, you'll be doing things you never dreamed of doing before? You'll be blessed in ways you've never dreamed of being blessed. Could it be over the next year, you're going to face adversity that you never saw coming? Could it be that you're going to find yourself dealing with health issues and personal issues? And you're not sure what may come next. You know, it seems as though wherever you turn these days, people are greeting the new year with a little concern. And I can understand why people might feel that way. We know all too well in this church the effect that natural disaster can have at any given moment. Every day we see what human beings are capable of doing to other human beings. We're witnesses to how spiritual convictions sometimes seem to be eroding day by day. Every day we hear about conflict between nations around the world. And some are big places and some are little places. But it seems as though you can't put your finger on any place in the globe and not say, what's the conflict? What's the tension that's taking place in this area? There are good reasons to be tempted to become discouraged as you begin a new year. Not only that, you're far too aware of your own personal struggles. Just a few moments ago, we heard about the fact that all of us are flawed human beings. And if anybody can meet Rich after the service and sew that little tag on the back of his tie, he would be more than grateful. But you know it, don't you? When you look at your own life, you recognize, boy, here are the places I'm falling short. Here are the things I thought I would be able to do. Here are ways I wish I were walking with God, but I'm not walking with him that way. On this first Sunday of uh, January 2024, I want to challenge you to make a decision that will affect the entire year before you. Even though you don't know everything that's coming, even though you don't realize what blessings are on your way, even though you don't know what challenges you may face, there's a decision that you can make today that will affect you throughout the year to come. Here's the question. Will you listen to all the negative voices around you or are you going to turn to the Lord for guidance in the year to come? Are you going to listen to all of those voices that might be right, but they might be wrong? Or are you going to listen to the Lord? I think we need to begin 2024 with a special word from the Lord. And that word is hope. Hope. God is calling us to live as people of hope. 
The turmoil we're experiencing in our world today, it's nothing new. 3,000 years ago, when he wrote the 37th Psalm, David looked around himself and saw all kinds of things going on in his own world. He saw uncertainty. He saw heartache. He saw pain. He watched good people struggle while bad people seemed to get away with anything. He knew all too well about his own capacity for sin. Every day, he needed God to give him reasons for encouragement and faith. <clears throat> and God gave him the word he needed. Hope. Not just hope with this idea of a vague idea that maybe everything's going to turn okay, but hope that comes from the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Hope that goes beyond evidences or circumstances and rises out of absolute faith in an absolute loving God. That's why our theme is going to be our hope is in the Lord. For 2024, we're going to remind ourselves that our hope is in the Lord, that we can faith the future with confidence because we know that Christ is the source of our hope and he's not going to let us down. Throughout this year, we're going to discover what the Bible declares to us about living with true hope, hope that is established in the cross, hope that is unashamed to stand boldly for the Lord, hope that endures in the midst of difficult days. And I want us to begin this year with one of the most hopeful promises in the Bible. Psalm 37, 5, where the Bible says this, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Hope in the Lord. Trust in him. Let's talk together about what it means to hope in the Lord. And the first thing David would tell us is this, Hope in the Lord and commit your way to him. Hope begins when you make Christ the practical Lord of your everyday life. You know, one of the things that I find amazing is that there are so many people who are willing to trust the Lord Jesus Christ with their eternal destiny. They're willing to take everything about what happens after you die, all about heaven and hell, eternity and all that's coming, and they take it all and they say, I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord to handle my eternal hope. But those same people are not so willing to trust him in a practical way on a day-to-day -day basis. They trust him for the big things, but they struggle to trust his guidance in the everyday matters of life and the decisions we have to make on Tuesday afternoon or the things that are going on in our home or the things that are happening to us at work or the needs that we have in our lives. We think, I don't need to bring all of the little stuff to the Lord. I just want him to handle the great big stuff. But the Bible says we hope in the Lord and make him our practical Savior. Rather than trust him, we want to depend upon him ourselves, even though we know we're not sufficient. I can't do this by myself, but I'm going to try to. To refuse to commit your practical day-to-day -day life to the Lord is like choosing to get in your car and go somewhere unfamiliar and say to yourself, even though I don't know exactly where I am and even though I'm not sure where I'm going, I think I'm going to see if I can get there without ever turning on the GPS, looking at my phone or listening to the voice in my car. 
I don't know whose voice that is. But we say to ourselves, you know what? I don't have a clue where I'm going. I don't have a clue how to get there. But you know what? I'm going to trust my own instincts. I think I can get myself there even though I don't know where I'm going. Even though I don't know whether I'm headed north, south, east, or west, I'm still going to trust myself to get there. After all, it's a beautiful day. There's not much traffic on the road. I'm really enjoying talking with the people that are riding along with me. All in all, everything is going well except for one thing. I am lost. I am absolutely lost. I am hopelessly lost. And I don't know how to get where I'm going. And that's exactly the way we live sometimes. As though we don't need someone to get us on track. But we do. And the Bible tells us to commit our ways to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. To the Lord. That's a very practical word, isn't it? That word way. That word way means getting from one place to another. And every step along the way, I commit it to the Lord, recognizing He knows even if I don't. And I can trust Him more than I can trust myself. After all, He knows what you can't know, He sees what you can't see, He can do what you'll never be able to do. It makes sense to commit your way to the Lord. To commit your way to the Lord really requires only two steps. The first one is the step of surrender. That means you just turn over control. If I'm going to commit my way to the Lord, I'm going to surrender to Him. Simple, easy, challenging. Am I really willing to say to the Lord Jesus Christ, because you know and I don't, because you're empowered and I'm not, I'm going to surrender to you. And even in those times when I feel like my instincts say go left. If you tell me go right, I'm going to turn right because you are the one who is in control. I will surrender. And then the second term is this, dependence. And I will place my confidence and the weight of my needs on Christ. I will depend upon him. Not just depend upon him to decide whether I'm going to make it to heaven or not. Although that really, really, really matters if you don't know him. But I'm going to depend upon him every day. That's kind of one of the reasons that you pray, isn't it? It's a dynamic dependence upon the Lord. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. Show me how to live. I will trust you. And when I can't do it, I'm going to depend upon you to do it through me. Hope in the Lord and commit your way to him. But not only that, the Bible also says, hope in the Lord and trust his strength, <clears throat> excuse me, to save. This psalm is a testimony to the power of God. The primary message of Psalm 37 is this. God has everything under control. To hope in the Lord is to realize his strength is perfect. 
few years ago, there was a little prayer that circulated around the Internet. It ended up on T-shirts and refrigerator magnets. I even saw it in Christian bookstores. I'll bet you've heard this prayer. This is how it went. It said, Lord, help me to remember today that there is nothing that is going to come my way that you and I can't handle together. You remember that prayer? Cute, reassuring, comforting, and absolutely 100% wrong. When it comes to genuine hope, there's no room for I. There's only room for you. Lasting hope comes from a prayer that says this, Lord, you alone can handle anything. I'm going to put all my trust in you. It's not about what you and I can handle together. It's about what you can handle. And because you can handle it, Lord, I'm going to trust you to do it. Because you are able, you have the strength to save. Psalm 37.3 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. I love that phrase, don't you? And feed on his faithfulness grab hold of it for yourself take it in absorb it let it become part of who you are feed on his faithfulness recognize that God can do what only God can do trust in his strength to save it's not about he and I it's about he and this year as you enter into a new year to be able to say I'm going to trust what he can do I'm going to depend upon what he can do. I'm going to rely upon his strength, and I'm going to follow his ways. I will trust in the Lord and find my hope in him. And then the Bible says this, and hope in the Lord and believe that he keeps his promises. Taking God at his word is the reason that early believers took false prophecy so seriously it's the reason why if you issued a false prophecy you would be put to death it wasn't about you it was about the faithfulness of God the trustworthiness of God nothing would ever be allowed to interfere with the holy integrity of God and that's the reason why today we take the absolute authority of the Bible so seriously we recognize the fact that when we lift up this word, that when we read the words of this book, that we are hearing a word from God. It's not what somebody thinks about God. It's not what somebody said on God's behalf. It is what God has revealed, and we can trust it. Every bit of it. No exceptions. Sometimes even when you don't understand you trust it because it's his word. It's his promises. The Bible says, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. What is the Bible saying? If God declares it, you can depend upon it. If God says it is so, it is so. He will keep his promises all the time in every situation. His is a powerful commitment. His foundation is the authority of God in all things at all times. In 
and his is a lasting commitment. God's promises do not fade. Psalm 37, 25, a little further on in that psalm, David gives testimony, and this is what he says. I have been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. What is he saying? He's saying, I had a lifetime of walking with God. I've had a lifetime of hearing God's promises. I've had a lifetime of depending on God's Word. And you know what? Every step of the way, all the time, God has always been faithful. There's never been a time when I've seen evidence of the unfaithfulness of God. When you hope in the Lord, you will see his promises fulfilled. Now, understand something. That doesn't mean you'll never experience hardship. It doesn't mean you're not going through heartache right now. But what it is saying is this. When you look at the big picture over the course of a lifetime, you will see the loving hand of God at work in it all. Over the course of a lifetime, you will recognize God was faithful. In fact, what will probably happen when you look back over the course of a lifetime is you will look back and there will be those times when you will think, you know, the Lord really wasn't there for me. The Lord really let me down. The Lord really let something bad happen in my life. I can't understand why he did that. And at the time, it was very painful. But as time goes by, you begin to see if it had not been for that season in my life, God would not have accomplished everything God wanted to accomplish in me and through me. If I had not had to go through seasons of struggle, I would not know. He is faithful in it all because it's true. I'll never forget several years ago, I had... Uh, was talking to a, a church member after uh, the service and their family had been through some really tough times, some, some really tough physical challenges, some really personal losses. Uh, it had been a really hard season. And she said, you know, I've been reading that book you gave me, Streams in the Desert. If you've never read it, Amanda just finished it. You, you need to go ahead and read it. But she said, I want to tell you something. I've been reading that book, and if I read one more time, the strongest trees are the ones that go through the storms. I'm going to scream, and I'm going to come looking for you. Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? But with the perspective of time, you begin to realize that's exactly true. God keeps his promises. And you know that nothing will ever take you out of his hands. Most of all, we hope in his eternal commitment. Listen to the promise at the conclusion of Psalm 37. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. And he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. We're entering a new year. None of us knows what the future may bring, but we do know the one who holds the future. And we base all of our confidence in what he tells us is true. And this is what the Bible says. The salvation of the righteous 
is from the Lord. That's all you need to know to enter into a new year with hope. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. Oh, there'll be other needs that you have, and there'll be other answers that you seek, and there'll be other problems that you struggle with, but what you really need to know in the end is the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. And as long as we know that is true, then we can face whatever comes with the confidence and the hope that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. So I guess my question for you this morning is, is that what you're depending on more than anything else? The salvation that comes from the Lord. Do you have a personal relationship with him? Maybe you've come this morning and you know about him, but you don't know him. Maybe today is the day when you need to depend upon him. Maybe God's telling you part of your walk with him in the year to come is being part of this church family and you need to just come and join, place your membership and plant your life and your service in this place. Maybe there's something especially true in your life where you need to know God is going to show himself faithful to me. Maybe it's something you're struggling with. Maybe it's something you're dreaming about. Maybe it's a, a calling you feel on your life, but you recognize, I need to find my hope, and I need to find my hope in Christ. This morning, if you need to know Christ as your Savior, in a moment we're going to stand, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. You can come to the front. I'll be glad to meet you here and introduce you to Jesus. Or maybe there's another decision you need to make. As God speaks... As we sing, you come. Let's stand together.
looking forward this week to getting back to a normal schedule in so many ways. Look forward to seeing you tonight at 5 o'clock as we uh, return to our Roman study, and I'm looking forward to leading that, our Wednesday activities, our dinner. It's going to be a great time. Looking forward to what God has to do in our lives and in our church in the year to come. Let's bow together now for a closing prayer and then one final song. Father, we do thank you that our hope is in the Lord, that we can trust in you, that we can feed on your faithfulness, and that we recognize our salvation comes from the Lord. So, Lord, as we enter into this year and whatever it may bring, we thank you, Lord, that we do so trusting you and all that you're going to do in and through us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah.